Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Well, hey friends, good morning. Such a joy to be with you all this morning. If you want to grab your Bibles or uh, pull up your Bible app on your device, we're going to look at Exodus 20, verse 16, and then Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, and then 29 through 32. So we'll start with Exodus 20, verse 16. Hear God's word. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And now Ephesians 4, verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. And then down to verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you for the gift of this day, the gift of coming into your presence. We thank you, God, that you are speaking, that you are moving, that you have something to say, something to do in each of our lives. And we are praying for nothing less than what only you can do, living God. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit, move in us, bring us to life. In Jesus' name, amen. How do you use your words? To bless, to curse, to build others up, to tear others down? Most of us said our first word sometime between the ages of one and two years old. And from there, bit by, by bit, we, we learned how to put sounds together, syllables together, sentences together, slowly grasping the, the power of communication to express how you feel, to get what you want. At a young age, we learned when to use your inside voice, when to use your outside voice, We learned what words once said would most definitely land you in a timeout, right? Valuable life lessons learned at a young age. And as you were learning to form your words, perhaps as you struggled to communicate, to speak, to articulate what you needed, I'm betting at some point some adult around you said this phrase, this well-worn phrase that adults love to say to kids. They said, use your words, (laughs) Use your words, Johnny, right? Maybe you have said that to a three-year-old melting down in front of you. (laughs) Please use your words. Well, you and I, we've gotten really good at using our words, haven't we? 
quite proficient, really, at using our words. Think about how many words come out of your mouth in a single day, a single week. Deep conversation, moments of small talk, passing remark, maybe something said under your breath, a text message, a quick email, a social media post. How do you use your words? To build people up? To cut them down? To make you look really good? Or to benefit others? To curse or to bless? How have you used your words today, this week? During my freshman year of college, a friend, a dear friend, came to me and she said, you're so sarcastic, Katie, and it's really hurtful to me. I remember looking up the definition of sarcasm one time, and I still have it memorized because it's not good. <laughs> it's a biting or caustic remark with the intention to hurt or wound. My friend said to me in that moment, Katie, you're using your words to hurt me, and you're really good at it. <laughs> Ouch, right? How do you use your words? Because we say words are cheap, but I'm not so sure. Are they really? It seems to me that words are rather weighty. They can be really costly. Some of my biggest regrets are words that I have spoken to loved ones and anger. Some of the things that have had the biggest impact on me, on who I am, are words that have been spoken to me for good and for ill. Proverbs 18, verse 21, says the tongue has the power of life and death. Whoa. We better pay attention to how we use our words. And so as we draw near to the end of our Lord's series, we're exploring this morning our speech. Jesus is Lord of my voice. Jesus is Lord over the very words coming out of my mouth. And here's what we find today as we study God's word together. I can speak the truth because truth has already been spoken over me. I can use my words for good because goodness has already been spoken over me. Today we'll explore together Ephesians chapter four. And here Paul, the writer of this letter to the church in Ephesus, he's painting this picture for us. He's painting this contrast between the old life and the new. There's an old way, an old way of life lived apart from God, not taking God into account. And that disregard for God showed up in the very words coming out of our mouths. Words used to control, to dominate, to maintain the upper hand, lying, gossip, slander, sarcasm, bitter speech, angry words. Psalm 12, verses three and four says this. It says, may the Lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue. Those who say by our tongues we will prevail, our own lips will defend us. Who is Lord over us? By our tongues we will prevail. Who needs God? And in this, truthfulness is forsaken. With this disregard, this, this old way, words are used like weapons to cut down, to destroy those around us. Today we see it in, in politics. 
We've come to this place where we don't even really expect our politicians, our leaders, to tell the truth anymore. Lying is the norm. Hateful, vindictive speech takes over the public square, and in public discourse, how easy, how tempting it is to vilify the other side. Whoever's on the other side for you, right? They're now the enemy. We see it in everyday interactions. Words used to belittle people, to dehumanize them. My sister once worked in a customer service call center. And you wouldn't believe the things that were said to her. People taking out their frustration on her, calling into question her education level, calling her her names. And then there's social media. Let's talk about the internet. With one little click, there your words are for all the world to see content posted, memes passed along, often without a thought of, is this actually true? After all, little known fact, it was actually George Washington who first said, don't believe everything you read on the internet. (laughs) Or was it actually uh, Jesus who said it first, maybe? That would work better if the picture of Jesus came up. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Was it Jesus who actually said it first? How do you use your words? Let's take a closer look at the ninth commandment. Here again, Exodus 20, verse 16. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Your words have power. Your words can bring life. Your words can bring death. And God, the living God, commands us, don't lie. As I prepared this sermon, I've been wrestling with this question, well, why? Why do we lie? Why do we lie in the first place? So I uh, I Googled it, because we already established you can believe everything on the internet, right? So I Googled it, and I came across an article from the National Geographic entitled, Why We Lie, The Science Behind Our Deceptive Ways. And according to that article, there are two big overarching reasons that we lie. To promote yourself, to protect yourself. So first, to protect yourself. When we're little, when we've done something wrong, and then when we get busted, when the moment of truth comes, we know a cover-up scheme is needed, right? And so we lie. And this pattern just continues throughout our life when I'm threatened, when I feel under attack, when I need to protect myself for some reason, I lie. But we also lie to promote ourselves. Have you heard about my recent fishing trip? I caught this fish that was like, it was, you weren't, you weren't there. It was like this big, y'all. The fish was like this big. Your resume is mostly true, with just a few factual errors. The business report you turned in, the numbers you reported, mostly true. And really, whether it's gossip or sarcasm, hateful speech or lies, I think at its core, across the board, when we use our words falsely, when we use our words harmfully, we are trying to protect ourselves or promote ourselves. When we feel threatened with our words, we come out swinging. We feel less than, and so we cut others down. 
We're afraid, and so we weaponize our words. We want to project an image, and so we twist our words. I had a fight with my husband Chuck a few weeks ago, and I said something incredibly sharp and stinging, and and I'm sure none of you can relate to that at all, right? And after I said what I said, I felt the amazing grace of God in just shutting my mouth. (laughs) Do you ever feel the Holy Spirit so kind and just saying, shh, (laughs) stop talking, stop talking. And as I reflected on what I said, I knew it had far more to do with me than Chuck. Far more to do with my insecurities, my frustration, something in me that was off, my brokenness. You know, scripture's pretty clear. Jesus is pretty clear. What's inside of you is going to come out of you. What's bumping around in your heart is going to show up in your actions and things like how you talk to people. So I want us to take a moment and examine how how we use our words and, and what is perhaps kicking around in our hearts in those moments. In her book, The Spiritual Discipline, Discipline's Handbook, Adele Calhoun raises these questions, and I want us just to take a moment now and reflect on the following questions. So first, how do you feel about and respond to conversations where others dominate or outshine you? In conversations, when do you feel the need to appear well-informed, spiritual, or witty? When and how are you most likely to speak a harsh or impatient word? And how do you speak about others when they're not around? James, the the brother of Jesus, writes this in James chapter three. Now he's not exactly a beat around the bush kind of guy. He writes, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be be. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And here, here in Ephesians 4, here's the good news. Here's the amazing news. The Apostle Paul shows us that that we, that you and I, we're being invited into a different way of life. That in Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, a new way has been opened up. The old, it's gone. Yes, there's an old way where words are used to dominate, to control, to belittle, to dehumanize. But there's a new way that has been opened up through Jesus Christ. God who brought the Israelites out of slavery, who, who broke those chains. God, the living God, has now, through Jesus Christ, brought us out of the slavery of sin and death. God has broken those chains. There's an old way, yes, but a new way has been opened up to us through Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection. I want to read the verses that come directly before today's passage. I'm going to read from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, The Message. Hear these words. 
everything. And I do mean everything. Connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it. And then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life. A life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Friends, this is the Christian life. That those who are in Christ are being formed, are being reformed by the spirit of the living God. A life renewed from the inside and working itself into things like how we talk to each other. You see, we have been made new in Jesus. And we are being made new in Jesus. Amen? Years ago, I was listening to a speaker at a conference. And she said something that has just been in my head ever since. She spoke about having nothing to protect and nothing to prove. Nothing to protect and nothing to prove. Because of Jesus, because of what God has done in Jesus Christ, because of who I am in Jesus Christ, I have nothing to protect and nothing to prove. And how could that be? How could that possibly be? Because we are talking about a God-fashioned life. Because God, creator God, spoke creation into being. Out of chaos, God speaks order and beauty by using words, by speaking. God said light and there was light. God said, let us make mankind in our image, male and female, he made them. God who created me, my inmost being, God who knit me together in my mother's womb, and God who spoke his creation into being, this God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus. Jesus, the word of God incarnate, fully God and fully man. Jesus who is himself the truth. And Jesus, this Jesus speaks words of life and grace, freedom and forgiveness, healing and mercy. Do you hear his voice? To the tax collector, leading a life of fraud and shame, Jesus says to him, come, follow me. There's a place here for you in my company. To the woman caught in adultery, exposed, just, just awaiting her sentence of death. Jesus speaks these words over her, neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Jesus says, I do not condemn you. To the woman who pours out her perfume over Jesus, all that she has is lavish display of love and affection. While others mock her, while others question her for what she's doing, Jesus speaks these words of dignity and honor. Jesus says she has done a beautiful thing to me. Jesus sees her and affirms her. Do you hear his voice? To the raging storm, Jesus says, quiet, be still. And the wind obeys. The wind responds to the sound of his voice. To the paralytic man lowered at the feet of Jesus, Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. You are forgiven. To the dead man in the tomb, Jesus calls out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And to those standing around, Jesus says, get those grave clothes off of him. And then 
from the cross. As our Lord gave himself up for us an atoning sacrifice for our sins, Jesus said, it is finished. Jesus speaks these words of salvation. It is finished. Friends, do you hear the voice of the Lord speaking to you? Freedom from condemnation, release from shame, peace in the storm, forgiveness for your sins, healing for your life. That's the voice of the Lord. When I gave birth to my son Luke, in those first few moments of his life, they, they handed him to me in the delivery room, and I got to, to speak the first words to him, sort of a profound moment, right? Getting to say the first words someone will ever hear. And so they handed him to me, and, and I said, I said, hi. <laughs> I was really tired, okay? <laughs> but I kept going, I kept going. I said, hi. We love you. We're so glad you're here. Beloved boy, we're so glad you're here. I got to be this voice of love, welcoming him into the world. And by God's help, by God's grace, I will continue to be this voice of love in his life. And friends, frankly, that's just a glimmer. That's just a faint reflection of the voice of the Lord. Your creator your sustainer, your savior, the voice of love who speaks even now in this moment, the voice of the Lord who speaks freedom and forgiveness, mercy and healing. Now maybe you've been running for so long, so hard, you can't hear God's voice very well. Maybe hearing from God, that sounds like a pretty foreign concept. Maybe you feel like God has been pretty quiet for a while now. And yes, there are other voices. Voices in our lives that have spoken hurt and harm and sometimes it sounds like, it feels like those are the voices in surround sound in our heart. And yet, and yet the voice of the Lord comes to us. There's a voice of love who spoke you into existence, who knit you together in your mother's womb. There's a voice of love that has spoken, drawing you in, called you to himself, the spirit of God, drawing you in. There's a voice that speaks forgiveness to you. There's a voice that speaks freedom to you. Neither do I condemn you. There's a voice that calls you. There's a place here for you in my company. There's a voice that speaks love, seeing you, affirming you, seeing your worship, your devotion, your affection, there's a voice of love, a voice of truth, speaking now, even in this moment. The voice of our Lord, who tells the truth about who you are? Romans 3, 4 says, even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. The Lord speaks the truth about you. In the Heidelberg Catechism, a a teaching document from the Reformation era, we find these words. I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood. 
and has set me free from all the power of the devil. You see, I have nothing to prove. I belong to Jesus. And I have nothing to protect. I belong to Jesus. The voice that gets the first say in my life and the voice that gets the final say in my life is the voice of my Lord. And I can dare to speak the truth because truth has already been spoken over me. And I can use my words for good because goodness has been spoken over me because goodness is being spoken over me. Jesus, our Lord, speaks with grace and truth, reminding us our true name, declaring our true worth, calling us into our true purpose, and Jesus invites us to speak the same way to each other. Here again, Ephesians 4, verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. I can speak generously, graciously. I don't need to waste my breath trying to make something of myself, trying to protect myself, prove myself, promote myself. Remember, remember I belong to Jesus. I'm a child of God. That doesn't mean that I never speak a hard word, a challenging word, a prophetic word. But I can truly speak the truth in love because I'm not coming from a place of defensiveness or fear, but freedom. I can use my words for good, for life, for healing, for your good, for your life, for your healing. I was in a meeting recently and I, I caught myself using my words trying to make myself look good. Someone corrected me and I didn't want to be corrected. I wanted to be the one that was right. And so I, I used a sharper tongue than I would like. And I walked away from that meeting thinking, okay, where was that coming from, Lord? Lord, could you point out in me what was going on in that moment? Could you speak your truth? Could you keep reshaping and reforming my heart? Could you keep making me new? Because the voice that gets the first say in my life and the voice that gets the final say in my life is the voice of my Lord. And I can speak the truth because truth has been spoken over me. And I can use my words for good because goodness has been spoken over me. And so I want you to try an experiment today. At some point today, just to take a few moments and simply ask the Lord this question. Lord, what do you want to say to me about who I am? Some point today, write it on your bulletin right now, put a, put a note in your phone if that will help you remember. Lord, what do you want to say to me about who I am? Maybe you've been running so hard, so fast. The idea of hearing from God seems pretty impossible. And yes, there are a lot of other voices around us that have spoken hurt and harm, and yet, and yet, this voice of love comes to us. So take a few moments today, put down your phone, turn off the TV, silence the noise, and just ask the Lord, what do you want to say to me? Because friends, the voice that gets the first say in your life, and the voice that gets the final say in your life, is the voice of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you would help us 
to hear from you, to listen well to the life and freedom, mercy and truth you are speaking to each one of us. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.